Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Dwell, a Cersei Institute podcast for homeschool moms by homeschool moms. I'm Emily Hill, and joining me are Karen Kern and Renee Mathis. Hey, friends. Hi, Emily. Hi, Renee. Hey, ladies. It's good to see you. All right. So summer, it's coming. It's here. This word even in and of itself holds magic and bliss to every homeschool mama. Sometime, usually during the end of the month of May, we wrap up our formal studies in our own individual ways. So whether that's with exams and year-end performances, or perhaps it's a simple putting away of one set of books and notebooks and materials and bringing out another. A friend just said to me this week, it's the trading of one rhythm for another. And summer evokes images of bare feet and long shadowed evenings of watermelon and barbecues, your hands in the garden and novels read just for the pure fun of it. Summer is imagination time for both our children and ourselves. My baby girl spent this morning clearing out her woodland home that was full of pine needles and winter debris and she rebuilt her brick stove and she borrowed my garden drop cloths for her fort walls. And our mama imagination may look a bit like that with our own homes in the summer. But our imaginations also run wild with school and schedule planning and vacation, time in the outdoors with our friends and family. I just think, I think summer is magical to everyone. Maybe I love it more than most and could wax eloquently on the glories of summer for a very long time. Um, But over the past few months, we've chatted quite a bit about habits and stories and fun. But what happens when you have a new rhythm for these things as summer comes around? So today we'll share a conversation about how to make the most of our summers, how to fill our days with finding joy. And as I always remind my children of trading one kind of learning for another. And speaking of learning together, um, we just had a fun idea based on some 
some comments thrown around the Facebook page of perhaps reading a book together. So we brainstormed a little bit and said, hey, maybe that would be a fun summer activity. So Renee, you want to tell us a little bit about our idea of reading together this summer? Sure. Um, It's also a good time for me to plug our Facebook group. So if you're not a member yet, we would love to have you join us over on Facebook. We have a dwell group and uh, it's a place for us to get to know one another. And we've had some great conversations already um, with people talking about, you know, just various homeschool things. And in fact, one thing that came up early on was about summer and it gave us a great idea, you know, to start this, to, to come up with this particular episode you know, someone posed the question about, do you take a break in the summer? So I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit. But another thing that came up, another idea was the idea of reading a book together. And Emily had a great idea with um, Till We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis and reading it with an eye to looking about, looking at how we can learn about education from Lewis's work. Um, the good news is if you're a busy mom, it's a short book. So what we would encourage you to do if you'd like to join us is to go ahead and get yourself a copy and read it. And then um, when uh, July rolls around, we would like to uh, record a podcast on that particular book. And we want to incorporate your questions and your ideas. So again, we'll be posting um, some discussion threads over in the Facebook group. And you can join in there with your thoughts on your reading as well as with your questions. So again, get the book, go ahead and read it. And uh, we'll be posting some, some ideas for discussion. And then we'll actually put them all together in a podcast in July. All right, so let's jump into summer. I'm going to throw this out there that if you hear all this like loud hammering in the background, praise God, I'm finally getting floors laid in my house after almost a year of not having floors. So that's that's what's happening right there. And I tried to find my quietest spot here. So here we go. All right, summer, as Renee mentioned, um, there was a question put out, do you take a summer break? And I loved all of those answers. Some people do, some people don't. It looks different for different people. Um, The idea of summer rest, why is that important? Why are times of taking a break, why is that even a conversation? Um, So that is my first question out to you. What is, why is summer rest important? Why is this a big deal? Um, Whether you call it a rest, whether you call it a break, a recess, what did that look like in your homes and why you think, why is that important? I think that seasons speak to this, right? Spring, spring has always been a busy time, new life, farmers planting, fall is a, is a busy time, things starting up, um, farmers harvesting, winter is a slower time, although in our culture with Christmas and continuing to educate and all the things, it's not a slowing down time. Um, but it's so important at the to sell to one, celebrate all the work that's been done and to recognize all of the efforts that have gone into a whole year of school, which typically in our culture is August or September through May or June. And so so it's so important to take a break because a we're so tired physically tired mentally tired um i know from teaching in a school setting for 12 years in third grade we just couldn't 
at the end there, we just couldn't wait for it all to wind down. Not because we didn't love the children, but because the dailiness of it and the physical taxing of it is so exhausting that we needed a physical break and a mental break. But we also were excited to celebrate all that we had done. And so before you can even start to think about the next year and starting something up again, it's really, really important to just calm down and to rest physically and mentally. And I would say for us, we didn't, sometimes it didn't feel very restful in summer because we were pretty traditional as far as our activities and so forth. So um, we, you know, had a traditional like September through May schedule. And then when summer hit, well, then it's time for summer camp and it's time for VBS and maybe there are summer sports teams that are going on. And, you know, it's just, it was a lot of fun. I and mean, we look forward to just the different activities. You're still busy, still doing a lot of things, but, um, you know, just, just different things on the schedule. And, um, of course, the kids all want to have time with friends and more playtime and got to fit in, you know, vacations if we can to see family. So um, we just all look forward to summer just because it's, it's a different kind of thing than what we've been doing all year long. And perhaps you have to ask yourself the question, like, what is learning? What is real learning? And I think we put a box around learning during the school year. And then you take this break for a summer. And even saying that we take a break. What is it that we're taking a break from? And as I said earlier, I've always told my children, we're, we're just trading one kind of learning for another. And in fact, I, I just picked up my son, um, from his job. He just turned 16 this weekend and I just picked him up. And on the way home, I said, Hey, I'm doing a podcast about summer. What would you say about summer? Um, if you were on a podcast and he mentioned something to that fact, he's like, well, I guess something about having fun. He's such a fun loving kid, something about having fun. And then something about how it's not just a break. And that kind of got me thinking, what is the difference between a break and rest. And what is that time of rest accomplishing? What is the purpose of it? Um, and maybe that's just the joy of summer that you actually continue to learn. You're still learning. It's a different kind of learning, but as comes up in conversation all the time, it's a restful learning. Um, and some of those ideas for us have just been, um, and we'll talk about this in a minute, of what is... Re what does reading look like during the summer? Um, what is, uh, we do a lot of nature notebooking during the summer and some of these ideas that we can just get outside um, and take a breath and just sit for a little bit. And so the, so there's some of the rhythms that we start. So I'd love to hear from you. What, what were some of your successful summer rhythms when you traded one rhythm for the next? What were some of those summer rhythms for your families? Maybe when you had little bitties and then kind of as they grew up, because it's it it actually is very different. The summer rhythms with toddlers and babies looks very different from summer rhythms with teens. So and you guys could speak to all of those since you've had all of those. Well, I think that um, I'm seeing that because I'm so close to my grandchildren. We have. Um, we almost have eight of them. Matt's about to marry a lovely young woman who adopted two children. And so we're about to have eight, but um, at, at six of them live very close. And so they're here all the time. And so that busyness 
there's no break from the busyness, but we get to, we get to be outside. We get to go to the park. We get to go to the pool. We get to have popsicles outside. We get to run around, you know, in diapers and all of that kind of feels like a break in some way. And yet it's, it's so much work still. It's so much busyness still. Um, They're up early in the morning and they're up late at night because it's bright outside and they're just busy all the time, but it's, it really is fun. And and when our kids were um, middle school, teenage years, every year they went to their grandma Kern's house in Wisconsin. And so that meant when we lived in Idaho, we would drive across the country 30 hours in May to get them there. And then we would have to meet them six to eight weeks later, somewhere in Montana, I guess, um, and get them back. And so they just had wonderful, wonderful memories of being at grandma's house in the country with the pool, going to Door County, visiting Chicago, all the fun things that they would do. And then when we moved here, they still continued to do that. So it was a shorter drive to Wisconsin. But those memories are so great. And I long to be able to give memories like that to our grandchildren. So trying to have them over as much as we can and going to the pool and doing sleepovers, all of those things are are restful and peaceful, although really busy. But it's like you like you said, it's a different just a different summer rhythm. And I think one thing is important. Um, I tried to remind myself as a mom when my kids were younger too, is that it's okay to be bored. I don't have to plan every minute of their time during the summer, but there's a balance, right? I mean, I, you know, they can't be like, I'm so bored. I'm going to watch TV all day. That's not an option. Um, tried to you know, keep that to a minimum, but it's okay for kids to get a little bored and to have to, you know, think and, and come up with things to do and, and come up with fun ideas. So, um, Summer's a good time for that. You know, a lot of times their lives are just scheduled by default during the school year because we have things we're trying to get done and we have to, you know, keep to a schedule and there's order and structure. And, and summer's okay to let some of that go and to say, you know what, you know, today we're all going to sleep in or we're going to watch TV in our pajamas till noon, make a fun thing about it. But, um, you know, you can do that in the summer when you can't do that during the school year. Emily, I thought about that when you, something you said made me think of the word leisure that we're still doing all the things we're still reading the books but at a slower pace so that you can dwell in a book for a whole afternoon in a hammock or on the couch if it's raining or you know you can you can go out for ice cream and just dwell there or go to the park and just be without the schedule of oh we've got to get to this lesson we've got to get to that class and so in that way things are still happening but at a at a, just a wonderfully slower pace. So slow down. Maybe that's what I hear. Slow down. And I love that, Renee, it's okay to be bored. I actually remember my mom saying that to me. So it must be that that thought's been around a while. And I have seen for my own, my own children and family, it is true during the school year, we, we have so many things going on, whether it's classes and music lessons and church or whatever it is we are we do tend to go from one thing to the next and then you and even the smaller things that are not scheduled in that are always part of the mom rhythm of cooking dinner and laundry and reading aloud and listening to late night conversations um i i will say for my own self my challenge for myself this summer is 
just to slow down. Just embracing those things that are still, it's its still similar rhythms. Um, maybe it's still music and still reading, like you said, Karen, but just slowing down in it. And maybe it's sitting longer and looking at the sunrise. I say sunrise because I'm a morning person. Um, then even feels comfortable in that I know I have a hundred things to do just because it's summer. That doesn't mean I still don't have a hundred things to do but intentionally choosing to slow down. Actually, there's a, a book I just picked up. It's a fun children's book and it's it's called something. It's called Slowing Down 50 Mindful Moments in Nature or something like that. And as we've talked about in other podcasts, this idea of paying attention, how you must slow down in order to pay attention and seeing that summer is a time of being able to pay attention to small things, um, whether it's your, you know, eating watermelon with your grandkids or um, going on walks. The weather is finally warm here. So um, going on walks is a huge, huge part of our, uh, our summer rhythm. And um, one of the things that I started a few years ago is going on walks with individual kids during the summer. And it was just like a really small thing, just, Hey, go on a, you know, half mile walk or something, but letting those, letting walks be a part of your rhythm. You know, you know, my, my thing is outside every day. Everyone has to go outside every day. It's so much easier in the summer, but slow down, just slow down those rhythms. And remember you're still learning, but with all these fun opportunities for things like vacations. So I'll, I'll pose this to you. Did you ever combine well, let's say more formal learning, you could say school, academics with vacations. Did you ever put those together at all during the summer? And like, what did that look like? Karen, you had a little, your summers looked a little different because of work. And I imagine some of y'all listening have work yeah, projects probably, and trips. And we probably had to combine work with summer more than intentional learning like our our summers are just the busiest time with travel and the highlight of the summer has always been one of the highlights is our national conference and even when the children were small they loved it and our grandchildren love it like if they get to come they love it partly because every other year it's in Charleston and that's such a great place to be but it's a blessing because we really can combine getting the conference in and all the work that leads up to it is kind of fun and exciting. Um, you know, even making all the name tags, it's just an activity that we all do together and we eat pizza and um, we kind of celebrate that. And then getting to go to the beach when it's all over on Saturday afternoon, staying over in Charleston one night, but that's like one of the highlights of our summer in terms of vacation. Um, because well, for one thing, it's so very hot here in August that it's just too hot to even do anything. So we lately, Andrew and I have been taking our vacations in September and we go to Wisconsin where it's cooler. So, you know, you just kind of have to take advantage of where you are and what your family's doing and um, celebrate that. Yeah, I know when... Um when our kids were little, we used to joke about taking Einstein vacations. You know, what's an Einstein vacation? It's all relative. <laughs> yeah, y'all can laugh now. Um, 
because we were there was always family to go see and so um but the nice thing about growing up in houston is that there was so many opportunities for museums and educational things to do during the summer so um even if we didn't take like a big huge family you know vacation every year it seemed like there were never you know there was never a lack of things to do um but the one time we got to take a really cool family vacation and it wasn't even our whole family because our older two were um out and grown and married by that point i think but um we took the three younger ones and went to new york city and we saw the metropolitan museum and the museum of natural history we went to washington dc and we saw all the you know all the monuments and everything that you always do in washington dc we were actually there over the fourth of july it was amazing to see fireworks on the mall in washington dc and then we went to Pennsylvania and did the whole Amish country thing. But we also did Hershey and the Hershey amusement park and the kids rode roller coasters to their heart's content. So um, that was the coolest vacation ever. <laughs> so I still still have great memories of, of taking the kids and being able to combine, you know, fun things like the beach and the boardwalk and the roller coasters with all the fun museums and all the artwork. And, and I think that's, that's a neat advantage of being a homeschool family. If your kids are used to that, they're used to, um, you know, when we go somewhere, we're going to learn fun things and we're going to find out whatever it is that we can learn when we're there. That's just what we do. You know, our, that's what our family does. So of course, if we go on a vacation, we're going to learn something. And perhaps it's creating that culture of learning. And what I love so much about summer is, especially for a child, it's such an opportunity to communicate to them that learning really is this holistic endeavor in that it just it just happens. It's just there. And it doesn't matter where you go, you can be learning. But it often does take some parent-teacher um, encouragement for them to learn to pay attention to those things. And so sometimes you have to look for those opportunities and maybe it is a big vacation that is, you know, we went on a, you know, civil war battle tour or whatever. That's very educational. Um, we did, ours tended to be a little bit simpler in that everyone has their notebook. And as we, we road trip every year um, from Colorado to Virginia, sometimes twice a year always to the same places. We're going to see grandparents, but throwing things in along the way, whether it's uh, a detour to the beach in Florida, or let's go to the, the, some caverns along the way, um, jotting down notes, drawing pictures, learning to pay attention to what's around us. We're just, we're nature people. We love getting outdoors. So a lot of it might be, you know, a nature preserve and discovering new birds that we've never seen before. That's one of our loves. Um, but there's so many different loves for different families. And it that is just the beauty of homeschooling in that how can we turn these summer adventures? We don't, I mean, you don't have to say like, oh, this is summer school. It's just learning because that's what we do. We learn together as a family. That's what homeschooling is, whether it's at a national conference or New York or whatever it is. Um, there's so much beauty in being intentional about that. And I think it does require some work on as a mom, but we put so much planning into our school year. Um, I think a few thoughts towards your like, intentional thoughts towards vacations often encourage the vacation um, actually even to be more peaceful as well on that, especially if you're going to be like 30 hours in the car with a kid. <laughs> so a few thoughts 
help along the way on that. Um, so what would be on like, not only for when you guys had young children or teens, but even now what's on your, this is what I must do. What's your must do list for the summer? Like summer would not be complete if I'd be sad if I came to the end of the summer and I hadn't done what? Uh, we have recently in maybe the last three or four years taken up camping again, which we used to do when the kids were little more. And then we went through a period of time where everybody had jobs. They were just gone. I don't know what everybody was doing, but we were, we were scattered, lots of things happening. And so Andrew and I have taken up camping again. So I think that if we got through the end of the summer and didn't get to go camping, I would be sad. And I did just book a campsite, um, in blowing rock at Julian price park. We go there every year now. And I booked that for three nights in June because Andrew just has a few days with no travel. This is a big travel summer after last year, everything was online. So we are going to take a few days, just the two of us to go camping. So that's, that's fun. And, um, that's the, I think that's right now. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, Karen, we're the same way. I, I, Steve and I are like, we, we need a trip. You know, we're used to summers being about going somewhere and either seeing kids or taking a big trip. And like everyone else last year, trips didn't happen. So, um, hoping this summer, um, hopefully toward the end of the summer, maybe getting a sneak in a trip to Colorado and, and go up through West Texas and, um, you know, see, uh, squeeze in some, some family time with kids along the way. But yeah, for me, summer's vacation and travel. Um, and the more I can do that, the better. I, I was thinking about it. Like, what, what is it that if I came to the end of the summer, it's funny how much outdoors plays a role in summer even if you think back probably to your own childhood or raising your kids of how getting outside is such a huge part of summer, whether that's camping um, or vacations or uh, just discovering the places around your own town. I love to just discover nature preserves and go for long walks with friends in there. Yeah. I think we're all probably, all probably the same in that um, and play. So I'm going to throw that one out there for you, Renee, since we, you were like, play games, play with your kids. Um, summer has, it, it's, there's so much opportunity for play and whether that's for adults or kids and yeah, letting your kids play of just those long times of times outside, times inside, um, or keeping days free on the calendar. That's one of the things that I really work in the summer, just like, look at your week and like, Hey, can I keep a day open? That being said, spending time playing, vacationing, all of the fun things. And yet, how do we use this time making, when we're making the most of it, maybe it's not just for leisure or, um, summer learning or the summer rhythms, but we're homeschool moms. We have another year of school headed our way in a very short amount of time. It often feels like. So how do you use, make the most of your summer um, by using it to prepare for the fall? And, you know, what has that looked like as you have, for both of you, as you've prepared your homeschooling or even your classroom teaching? Um, many of us are homeschoolers and classroom teachers as well. So how did you use the summer and make the most of it as you prepared for the fall? 
I'm one of those, Emily, you know, spent time in the classroom and at home. And um, I usually had a homework list for myself over the summer. And it was, um, you know, what can I read this summer? What can I do ahead of time so that I won't feel crunched during the school year? And um, it's always more enjoyable, obviously, to read when you have a little bit of time to spread it out and not try to cram it into a short amount of time. So um, I definitely would use my summer to kind of plan ahead and, and get a jump start on things that I knew I was going to need to do for the school year. Um, but also, I think summer is a good time to reevaluate kind of our home systems and our home managing, you know, things that we have in place. And maybe there's something that needs a little tweaking. You know, maybe the kids are ready to take on more work. Um, keep that a secret as long as you can. But <laughs> maybe the kids are ready to learn new jobs and accept more responsibility, but they can, they're going to need some training as well. So summer is a good time to kind of help take them to the next level of whatever life skill perhaps they need to be learning how to do. Um, especially as the kids get older and, you know, you're looking at them going away to college or maybe they're starting to work on summer jobs or get their driver's license. So, so there's some things that, you know, you need to maybe polish up and that summer's a good time to do that. Um, maybe you just want to learn how to cook something new or, or play around. I, you know, if I've got a stack of cookbooks from the library or, don't tell anybody, but, you know, the used library book sale this week. I came home with a bag and I don't know where I'm going to put them, but <laughs> I'm going to have fun with those books. Um, so, you know, just learning something new as a mom, right? Um, learning how to do something. And it's also fun to encourage your kids. Maybe, you know, you're like me, you have a daughter who loves to decorate cakes and summer's a great time to load her up with some new decorating tools and, and let her just, you know, play to her heart's content in the kitchen because she has time. So I think summer's just fun for learning. You know, we can learn some new homemaking skills. We can and learn some ways to um, to get our systems fine-tuned before we hit September. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's no time to sort through the clothes or to, to get the kids' closets cleaned up so they can find things. So some good questions to ask ourselves you know, during the summer. How can I use this time wisely and invest to make things go smoother once the school year starts? No thoughts on that, Karen. Karen's like, I love it. I think she said it all. <laughs> I think for me, the big, the big picture planning, getting, getting to, because during the school year, you're, you're planning out your days and your weeks, but in the summer, you can do some big picture planning and, you know, what, what big changes do you want to make or incorporate um, or evaluate? It's because you have the time. You're not you're not just trying to get something done tomorrow, but you can think the whole year out. That's helpful. And then I love the organizing. There's always organizing to do. Books, put away all the books, get out different books, put you know, file away their papers to keep and throw away the ones not to keep. I love throwing things away so I can fill up the garbage can. It feels great. Oh, I do. I always so we just got out of let's see, our last day was this past, whatever, Friday, our last day was Friday. And my husband did say, give yourself a week before you start in on it all. So give yourself some time and, you know, a week or two or more. Um, but summer is such a great time, as you said, to think through the past year to ask yourself, um, what did we learn? What do we want to learn? What do, what do I hope what is my hope for my family on our school year? 
um, how do I t- turn that hope into a practice or a habit? Um, and it is just so fun for book lists and um, getting your curriculum together, all of those things. Um, one of the things that I'm going to be doing this year uh, with running a school and all the programs and stuff is actually just taking a full day each week to work. And I have older kids, so I can do that. And recognizing that it's all right to set that time aside during the summer um, for planning and for that purpose to say this full day uh, will be um, set aside for that purpose, which frees me up then that I'm not just always trying to fit it in at the odd times of it does free me up then the, the following day to say, all right, let's go on an adventure. So we always say, let's go on an adventure. Summer is for adventures. Um, one year, my kids, um, they had heard about Wendy's Frosties and French fries. Someone had told them about that and like how you dip the French fries in the Frosty and who knows? I don't know. Like, you know, kids like tell each other things like that. And so that was, they were like, can we go on an adventure to Wendy's to get Frosties and French fries? And when your kids ask you things like that, you say, yes. So create space for that planning, for that work, intentionally so that you can go on an adventure and have those adventures with your kids. Um, And I I think lastly, um, recognizing this is a good, this is a good time for just obviously connecting uh, relationally in that you don't have just those long to-do lists of, and creating that space for who are my kids? Who are they becoming? They're becoming so quickly as I have a son who just turned 16 and using this time to um, connect with kids, with your spouse, with your family um, and finding, just finding rest in that. So as we wrap up, any last word on making the most of summer um, and then we'll just let you go enjoy your summer. Not really any last, last words except to say that, you know, it, in May, it, it seems like it's all before you and it's such a long summer ahead and we're going to do all these things. And then before you know it, it's August and you say, where did the summer go? And so you really have to be intentional about making, making the best of each day and each evening when it's warm outside, but it starts to get cooler and you sit outside with the patio lights on and just linger there. Or, you know, as you said, getting up early in the morning with the birds and enjoying the beauty, you just have to, you have to do it, not waste it. I would, I would also encourage families to look for ways to serve others in the summer um, with the, the breaks in your schedule. Um, I know, you know, several of my kids would go on summer mission trips and that was always something they looked forward to or, serving in church at VBS or some kind of summer program. So um, those opportunities are out there and uh, it's a good time and and a good way to spend our time as families. So look for them. So slow down, look for the adventures, enjoy your time with your family. And we're excited to be reading a book alongside you. So look for more information on that. Um, But until then, here's to home. Hi, 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.